Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast, and this week I have the honor of having my friend Megan Suits joining us. She's the owner of Building 7, and her mission as a designer is to simplify the design process and serve creative professionals and business owners. Building 7 offers a full range of professional design services that covers the gamut of graphic to web design and all the creative strategy in between. Her vision for Building 7 is for it to be a space, whether face-to-face or through a screen, where you feel welcome and inspired, just like you're tucked away in the corner of a cozy coffee shop, sipping on a warm latte and sharing and creative ideas. I love our conversation on creativity, building a business, and stewarding it. You guys know I have a deep affection for design, and it's so fun to chat with Megan, who is such a fantastic creative. I love her. So I can't wait for you guys to hear our conversation. As always, if you love it, please screenshot it, share it on your Instagram stories or in your feed, and tag us. Tell us what you love. It also tells your friends what you love about the Radiant Podcast and helps us get into more listeners' ears. And I'm going to be honest, That's one of my goals and my heart's desires for 2019. So will you help me? Anyways, I'm not going to keep you any longer with these long intros because I could talk all day long. Let's dive into the conversation. Hey, Megan. Hey, Kels. How are you? Great. I am so glad to have you on. You know I love you. I'm so excited for the Radiant Tribe to get to hear your story, get connected with you. So let's dive in. Tell us who you are, what you do, all your things. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Um... So my name is Megan Suits, and I live in Oregon now. I moved here about two years ago after my husband and I got married. And so I'm originally from Florida. And so as far as, I guess, my kind of journey with design and all of that, that's kind of where I started. I started freelancing and just kind of doing design while I was in grad school back in like 2015. And so that's kind of how I got started, I guess, with, you know, learning the ropes with design and kind of just getting my feet wet, freelancing on the side while I was working and then doing grad school as well. So that was kind of the beginnings. And I really just started pretty much how every, I think, freelance graphic designer starts just kind of using your name. I started out my business or my freelance business was originally called Megan Nicole Media. And so, but I, it was really, it was just kind of a spin on, you know, using your name as a freelancer. And that's kind of how I started, which I think that's pretty much how every graphic designer probably starts. But yeah, I just, I started freelancing, doing whatever I could, taking any projects that I could back then. And then I kind of just worked that way up until I moved to Oregon two years ago. And once I moved, I just kind of decided, it just kind of organically, I think, fell into place. I just decided to kind of transition into doing design full time and um, really just focusing on it and growing my business and kind of building my client base. And it's just kind of been a steady growth for me, which I think has been nice. And it kind of has allowed me to transition naturally into a full time business and, you know, design schedule. And so I've been doing that full time since about 2016. And then this past year, or um, in 
August, I actually kind of relaunched my business under a new name and still doing all the same services. I just have had a different name on my heart for a long time. And the timing just kind of felt right this year. So I transitioned into that and relaunched under the name Building 7. So I'm not sure your listeners may be more familiar with that name or my old name, but I kind of made that transition in August. And then, yeah, it's just been, it's been kind of a crazy busy year with all of that transition, but that's kind of how I got started and where I am now. I would love to really dive in there and talk about the meaning behind your name and what made you decide to change because I think a lot of our listeners will really resonate with that. I know that I started out with a different name and changed to my name. I have, you know, pivoted and evolved and taken a lot of winding turns along the way. And I think that's very relatable to every person's journey. I'd love for you to kind of talk about what led you to change the name, the meaning behind Building 7. I know that I've heard that story, but I'd love for you to share. Well, I mentioned, I mean, I've had the name Building 7 on my heart really since I started freelancing under my own name. I knew it was something that I kind of needed to grow to, grow into. And so, I don't know, the timing just kind of felt right this year. I felt like I had kind of outgrown just freelancing under my, you know, my own name. And it's something that I had been wanting to launch and had been taking small steps towards that. But yeah, it just, I put a lot of work into it since the beginning of this year and just really felt like I was to that point. And so the name building seven has been on my heart, you know, like I said, for several years. And um, really the story, I guess, behind it started when I was in undergrad in college. I was an advertising and marketing major in my undergrad. And one of my advertising professors, she taught like pretty much all the advertising classes and, and some of the marketing classes that I took. And she was just really fun. And she's one of those instructors or professors that you really just remember, you know, from your college years. And she really had an impact on my life and kind of my, the career path that I took. And so she was just kind of always did things differently and made classes really fun. And so she, one of the things that she used to do was kind of breaking the rules, I guess, but we, a lot of times we would come to our class and then she would have left like a note up on the door, like a post-it note or something. And she would write class move to building seven on the note. And so we always kind of knew like that was like our secret code for to meet and have class at the Panera Bread behind campus. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it was kind of against the rules. I mean, technically, you know, for college class, that would be considered like an off campus field trip or something. And you have to fill out all this paperwork. And so, of course, you know, we didn't want to go through all that. And sometimes, you know, college classrooms can just be kind of boring. So we if we just felt like we needed a change of scenery, she would move our, you know, we would move our class over and we would meet at Panera and just kind of have class in Panera and like drink coffee and eat breakfast and have class there. And it was just like, always the coolest thing I thought. And it just always seemed like that was our most creative and like productive classes. Um, We would just kind of brainstorm. And usually it was like we were working on like a big group project as a class or something like that. And so we would just have these brainstorm session classes in Panera. And so it just kind of always stuck with me. And I, for whatever reason, I remembered that she used to write that on the note, class move to building seven. And so just kind of is something that I remembered over the years. And when I decided to kind of pursue design and I, you know, was thinking about starting uh, my own business and freelancing, that name just kind of resurfaced in my memory. And I just always thought that, you know, it would be a really cool business name and a concept and a story, you know, it was personal to me. But I think it also resonates with, you know, other people as well, because I think we all, 
you know, have, you know, a creative process. And there's, um, for me, coffee shops have always kind of been because of that, it's always kind of been a part of my creative process as a designer, you know, if I need inspiration or, you know, some fresh creativity, or I just feel stuck, then a change of scenery always helps me. And I usually go, you know, like to a coffee shop and work and I just always get some of my best work done there. And so it just has kind of become a part of my creative process. And I think that resonates with other people too. We know whether it's a coffee shop or whatever space, you know, feels productive and creative to you. And so that's kind of where the idea from the name started. And I just have kind of had it on my mind and on my heart for a few years. And this year just kind of felt like the right time to transition into that. So I would love for you to touch on something you said that I just resonated with was, you know, when you kind of have a creative block, you change your scenery. What are some other things you do when you are kind of at a standstill? Because I know, especially in the writing process, I have found moments where I'm just like, I have nothing. You uh, have an hour and you've probably barely designed, you know, (laughs) half a page or written a hundred words. What do you do to kind of change your pace and get some new inspiration flowing? Yeah, I think that's such a huge challenge too, if you work from home. Because I work from home the majority of the time and I do have an office space but you know sometimes you just get like you just don't feel creative or you feel stuck on a project and for me it's just a change of scenery is huge for me so whether it's just taking my dog for a walk outside and just giving myself you know five or ten minutes to just get some fresh air and then come back to it that's incredibly helpful or sometimes you know I will just pack up my laptop and go to a coffee shop for a couple hours and you know get a coffee and even just kind of the drive there will help you kind of or it helps me, I guess, just kind of separate yourself from what you're working on. And then you kind of come to it a few minutes later with fresh eyes and and a different perspective. And I think just being in a different place too helps, you know, if you've been, if I've been working in my office, you know, all week, and then I just feel I don't feel creative a certain day, or, you know, I just need some inspiration or something different than just being in my office and looking at the same things, then it just helps me to kind of go somewhere different or just kind of change up the scenery a little bit. Totally. So what has your transition been like as you've changed names, as you've really rebranded? I know that you launched not too long ago with your new overall rebrand. Tell us what that's been like. Because again, I think this journey is so relatable to people. And I think we all navigate it at some point or another. Yeah, it's been, it's taken a lot more prep work than I really expected. I mean, I, I just kind of assumed like, well, I know the name. And I honestly, like, I already had the logo and everything designed for a long time. So I was like, well, I already have all this stuff done. You know, it's whenever I'm ready, then I'll just transition into it. But there's just, it was a lot more prep work than I expected, just because I didn't, I wanted to do it intentionally. And I wanted to launch under my new name well, and I wanted it to be received well, and you know, make sure that I had things in place. And so for me, that meant working with a business coach for a few months. And she really helped me kind of think strategically about things and make intentional decisions and plan things out with purpose, I guess, behind the decisions that I was making. And so that really helped me a lot. I think for me, I really struggle sometimes with the structure part of things. And so that really helped me to have someone kind of guide me through who has experienced launching things before. And so that was really helpful to get wisdom and guidance from a business coach. And it really helped me get to the place where I really was ready to launch and and share my new name and all my new branding and all that. Did you feel scared when you launched? Yeah, for sure. Because it's like, 
for me, I, I mean, it's something I had, I had on my heart forever, but I didn't really tell anyone else about it. So it's like kind of like a secret that I've been keeping forever and now I was about to tell everyone. So it's really, it's kind of like a surreal experience because now everyone knows this thing that I've been working on kind of behind the scenes forever. And yeah, there's a lot of fears with, you know, launching and how it would be received and how people who were, you know, from my past or in college that were in that season with me, how they would receive me kind of sharing that story, I guess. And so, yeah, there was definitely, I definitely had hesitation. And I think, I think I kind of put off launching under the new name for a while because of those hesitations and fears. And I think, again, like hiring a business coach and having her kind of keep pushing me forward really helped me to actually take action and take the steps to actually launch and not just talk about it. So that was a big, but yeah, there was definitely a lot of fears and insecurities that kind of came up whenever I launched. I can totally resonate. And I too find it so helpful to just have someone kind of nudging you along, keeping tabs saying, Hey, how are you doing? That has been really helpful to me. One thing I've seen you consistently do is invest in your education and having accountability. Obviously, you are an educator, so that makes sense. But what has that, how has that served you well in running your own business? Because I, I mean, I could totally elaborate on how it served me well. Oh, yeah. I mean, even just, you know, listening to podcasts is, I think, just continuing to learn And being receptive to learning from other people who have done the things that you are aspiring to do or that you're working towards, like if they've already done that, then learning from, you know, people who are one or 10 or 20 steps ahead of you is really transformational and helping you to kind of get to those, reach the goals that you want to reach and get to those places that you're trying to kind of work yourself towards. So I, I mean, I'm always listening to podcasts and reading books. And I think, and, you know, definitely investing in a business coach was really, really helpful. And I always recommend that, you know, to people who ask, like, what can you do to kind of, you know, help? I think, you know, because it's important to grow along with your business. And so I think it's like a personal side of it. And then also like the business side of it as well. Oh, yeah, I, uh, I really find that you know, the investments I've made since running a business, I, I've I've kind of grown up along the way and I've always had someone there as like a supporting role each and every step to kind of usher me into like the next season or the next kind of tier of maturity in running my business. And so I am a big believer. How does, you know, teaching design by day or, you know, at, at the local college you, you teach at, how does that influence, you know, how you run your business? How does that, how does how you run your business influence how you set your students up for success? It feels like I've been doing that for so much longer than I actually have. I just started teaching design courses at the beginning of this year, but it honestly feels like I've been doing it for like two years now. But teaching has made me such a better, it's made me a better designer because I'm constantly communicating and teaching my students like the fundamental aspects and principles of design. So I think even just teaching that on a regular basis has made me a stronger designer And then also just, I mean, my heart and the reason why I wanted to start teaching was to be able to share the things that I've learned along the way and kind of the struggles that I had and be able to share that with students who are wanting to kind of go in that same direction and share the things that like I wish I had known or I wish someone had shared with me or that someone did take the time to share with me that was incredibly valuable to my growth and my journey as a designer. Like 
the opportunity to be able to share that with my students is just really special. And it's kind of the whole reason that I wanted to start teaching in the first place. And so I would say that like my, as I grow as a designer, it helps me be a better educator. And the more I teach, it helps me be a better designer. And I, it's crazy. Like, I feel like I almost learn as much from my students as I'm able to teach them just learning from their perspective. And I'm a big believer that you can always learn at least like one thing from anyone, no matter where they are, you know, in their journey, if you're, you know, quote unquote, ahead of them, or they're ahead of you, I think we always have something to learn from someone else. So I'm constantly, you know, learning and being inspired by my students as well. I love that. And I I can imagine it is so fun to be around new ideas all the time. And really inspiring. I always joke that if I go back to school or in another life or my alter ego would be a professor because I just really romanticize the idea of like being around students and new ideas and different lines of thinking and being in the classroom. I, I When I'm home in Tennessee, I go sometimes to shadow one of my friend's college classes because it's just so fun and inspiring. So I can imagine that's really impactful as a designer, especially in an ever-changing industry. So I would love for you to kind of shed light on like growing and changing and evolving because I know even not being a full-fledged designer, but having a little bit of a design background and my husband's a graphic designer, I often play like supporting role in his stuff, um, font pairings and color combos. I'm, I'm the, I'm the wow. And he's the how, but how, how would you say you've evolved or, you know, stay fluid as you're in an industry where trends are always changing and changing and something's new around the corner and you don't want something to be outdated too fast. Like that probably feels like a little bit of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just the nature of the design industry too. I mean, anything that has to do with technology or that works alongside with technology, it's just ever changing. And so, yeah, it is really important. And that's why I think just constantly learning is so important to me is because it's kind of necessary just for what I do to stay, you know, current and up to date with changes that are going on. But I think teaching also helps me with that too, because I'm constantly looking for, you know, relevant things to share with my students and, and share things and tools that they might be using or interacting with as designers, either if they're going to go the freelance route, or if, you know, they're going to be working in kind of more of a design agency setting, like, you know, what, something that an employer might be expecting them to be familiar with. So I think that kind of also helps me stay up to date. But yeah, it's everything I feel like in design, even just with the programs that we use, there's constantly updates that come out every year and you have to learn how to use the new things. And that's exciting to an extent, but it also can be kind of overwhelming sometimes because you're just constantly, I don't ever feel like I'm necessarily behind, but you can certainly kind of fall into that rabbit hole of like, I'm constantly behind and I'm never going to catch up with all the new things that are happening. And like, I think you can also kind of fall into comparison with that too and looking at other designers and how they're using new technologies and, you know, feeling like you have to be all the things for everyone. But I think it's also important to kind of balance that with focusing on your strengths as a designer, because I think every designer has their own style and their own strengths. So kind of balancing those two things. But yeah, I think there's definitely a need to 
kind of stay on top of trends and technology changes and all of that as well. Well, no need to compare because your style's amazing. I love your new website. I love the yellow. I love the interactiveness. It's beautiful. So there's that. But one thing you just touched on was like, you basically can't be all things to all people. Can you kind of talk about the heart behind that? Because I think you know, we all have to develop an ideal customer avatar or, you know, who we actually want to work with or who we think we're speaking to when we're, you know, creating the marketing around our brand. And one of the hardest things to do is narrow down who you're talking to. It's like, no, I Mm want to be accessible to everyone. I want to be inclusive, but that actually doesn't close a sale. So how do you really make peace with not being everything to everyone, but actually speaking to a specific niche? Yeah, it's, I think it's hard as a designer too, because I think even my students ask me this all the time about, you know, like there's so much pressure to develop your own style and like not stray away from that. And I think there's a balance between, you know, like having your own style and, you know, being aware of the types of clients that you want to work with, but also not kind of not boxing yourself in, especially when you're working with, I work with a variety of different clients who have kind of different styles. So, you know, being able to design within their brand and adapting to that when I'm doing projects for, you know, clients that have different styles. But for me, I think it's more like not necessarily the aesthetic of their brand, but do their values align with my values. And so I think that's kind of the biggest thing that I look at Not is not necessarily like the look and feel of their brand. And if you know, that would like, you know, look good in my portfolio per se. I I think I I focus less on that and more on, you know, whether or not our values align. And whenever I I just feel like whenever my values align with the values of my client or their, their company or their brand, it's always just a really good relationship. It is. I, I love the relationships and the true connectedness that comes from work from working with clients that are really aligned. It's really fun. And then mm-hmm. the flip side is, is when you take that client who's not aligned, it's usually not a great connected relationship. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that's kind of the, what I've learned is like focusing less on you know, what their brand looks like. I think a lot of times designers can get caught up in, you know, well, like, oh, their brand colors don't really align with, you know, the look and feel of my brand. And if I share that on in my portfolio or on my Instagram feed, like it's not going to look good. It's like, I don't really get caught up in that side of it. I think, you know, it's more important to focus on the values of the client and also, you know, the values of their brand and making sure that, you know, what they stand for aligns with your values. I love that. And you have done a really good job of creating kind of an aligned business. And I love getting to see who you're working with and all the things because it's so fun. And I, I too, I really love the people I get to work with. It's such a joy. So I know that one of your passions as a designer is to simplify the design process. How how would how do you go about doing this and how do you make it, you know, bite-sized for the clients you're working with because I know that when I, you know, do a full-on redesign, it's like I call it like college finals week, like senior year thesis level. It is a lot. So how do you live this way? Yeah, it's a lot. There's it's a lot of different components and it can feel really overwhelming, even if it's just, you know, like the technology side of, you know, working on a website for a client or something like that. I think it's just, it's important to kind of like break it down in a way that's not overwhelming or scary for the client. And 
to use words that they understand. And so I think that's the biggest thing for me is like communicating in a way that doesn't overwhelm them and to make them feel like, you know, I'm there to help walk them through the things that they don't understand. Cause that's essentially, you know, why most clients are coming to me in the first place is because they're, you know, obviously not a designer or, you know, they don't know how to use the technology side of like the programs or you know, create a website or whatever it is. And I think all those different variables can seem really overwhelming. And so just really being kind of like serving as their guide and just helping them through that process, you know, whether it's communicating with a printer or helping them get their website up and going, or, you know, even just taking a project off their hands, you know, so they don't have to, you know, necessarily manage all the different components and aspects of it. And just kind of making that process seamless and not stressful or overwhelming for them. I, I love your heart to make it not overwhelming because I, I truly I resonate with that because, and I know when it's your expertise, it feels more digestible than, you know, the person you're serving. And I, I try to do the same for my clients, but I love that you are really able to do that with design because it can be a lengthy process and a, a deep dive. I have spent seasons where I've been, you know, underwater <laughs> with yeah. design. I finally stopped doing my own web design, like a year and a half ago because it was something that I would turn, you know, a two hour project into 15 because I would sit and obsess and perfect and that. Do you, do you do your own design typically, or do you kind of outsource some strategy for that? Because I, I, I psychoanalyze my own stuff the most. Yeah. It's really hard to design for yourself. I always do. I mean, I design my own website and things, but I think the thing that was really helpful for me, I struggle with like the structure side of it, I think, and like implementing as long as I know like what I need to do, then I can get it done. So it's like the executing part, the design side of it. It's hard to design for myself, but I still do the design parts of it. But I think working with a business coach was really the helpful thing for me because that's kind of the side of it that I struggle with to have like an objective perspective of my own business. And so I still do all the design stuff right now for myself, but I think just having someone that helps give me some structure and helps me with the strategic side of it, like when I'm thinking about my own business is probably the most helpful. Yeah, I have found that sitting down with someone to talk through my words and then someone to talk through my design strategy and someone to talk and marry it all together has been super helpful. Just the marrying every little component together was, was a big part of my process. So what would be your heart for someone who is just starting a business or your advice for them and where they'd get started and investing in themselves outside of, you know, podcast or working with business coach, because I think both of us are very pro that and talk about it a lot. But but what are some of your top tips? I know you work with students who are starting their business, you know, Mm -hmm. probably a good percentage of your students go on to be freelancers and Mm -hmm. not go the corporate route. I would love to hear kind of what your top tips are, not just for designers, but for anyone starting a business and in going out on their own. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I first started, I definitely couldn't afford to work with a business coach. That wasn't even a, you know, an option. So I think just having the courage to just take a step forward and just to start moving in the direction that you want to go in. I think just doing like the next thing that you know to do, even if you don't know the next step after that will help you kind of build that momentum and get started and take steps in the direction that you want to work towards. I think a lot of times in the beginning, you really struggle with clarity and it feels like you should just kind of like 
sit and develop a strategy and know all the things and all the steps you need to take before you get started. But I think I'm a big believer in that clarity doesn't come until you actually take a step forward. And I think it comes with action and not necessarily, you know, having all the things in place before you get started. So I think that was kind of the biggest thing for me was just starting before I even really knew (laughs) the final direction that I wanted to head in. And you get clarity along the way and you meet people along the way who will help you and encourage you and, you know, give you insight. And I think also just continuing to be a constant learner and like, finding, you know, all the free resources and, you know, encouragement and wisdom that you can for free. in the beginning is probably really big. I am so with you. I try to consume every bit of information before I release something into the world. And sometimes it's just time to, it's just go time. And so Mm -hmm. the, the longer I've been in this, the more quickly I'm able to release something into the world and then perfect it later. But I used to wait till every last tiny detail, every bit of information I could research or get advice on or all the things. I used to to wait, wait, wait. And now I'm like, go, I'll tweak and refine it later. But I think I think a lot of us are are prone to that. Even if we're not perfectionists, we're we're paralyzed and crippled by the idea of perfection and, and getting it just right and and at the end of the day we just gotta release it into the world and and go and hit start. Yeah, because you're never really going to feel ready to, you know, do the thing, especially if it's like a big dream that's been on your heart. You're always going to have that hesitation. You're never going to feel completely ready. And I mean, I just am a big believer that you probably never will be completely ready. So you just have to start with what you have and learn along the way and just trust that there will be grace and you'll get better and (laughs) just be okay with it not being perfect. Yeah. So what would be, what are some of your favorite resources as you have really went through your journey as a creative, as an entrepreneur? Do you have any books or podcasts that you would recommend? Because I am always searching. Oh yeah. Books like I'm really into audiobooks lately. So anything that is encouraging and motivating an audiobook or podcast form is kind of my go-to resources. So some of my favorite books lately have been Rachel Hollis, Girl, Wash Your Face has been a big one. I love the audiobook Believe Bigger by Marshawn Evans Daniels. Yes. Um, I've listened to that one several times now. So I think especially if you're a creative or, you know, you're trying to pursue a dream and you're a believer, I think that one is just a really great book to dig into. What other books have I listened to lately? Fierce Faith, I really loved by Allie Worthington. That one was a really good one. I've been meaning to read that and Breaking Busy. I haven't read Breaking Busy yet or listened to that one, but I did do, I listened to the audio version of Fierce Faith and it's really, really good. Ooh, I'll be getting that this today. I have like a few audible credits. Yeah. That one's really good. Podcasts. Obviously, I listen to Radiant all the time. I love listening to anything that's just, you know, other creatives or entrepreneurs or business owners sharing their story because I think it's just so comforting to kind of relate to other people's stories and understand, like learn from them, number one, but also just kind of know that like you're not the only one who's, you know, struggling with things and doubting yourself and 
dealing with insecurities and challenges along the way. Yeah, because it's so easy, especially with Instagram, which obviously I teach on Instagram. I'm pro Instagram, but it's so easy Mm -hmm. to get wrapped in, wrapped up in the negative effects of Instagram with comparison. And we're often comparing our middle with their ending or, you know, our normal with their highlight reel. And so I think that it's, it's so important to hear people's stories because then you can often humanize their struggles or their, that you can humanize their success and know what it costs them to get there. And so I I love that you said that. I love hearing people's stories too, because I often assume, oh, it must've been so easy for them. And, and then I realize no one's immune to pain. No one's immune to struggle. And we all sacrifice a lot to make our dreams happen. Yeah. And I think that's where like, I'm drawn to books like that as well. So like any books that like share, you know, someone's journey and their story and they kind of give you an inside look at, you know, how they got to where they are. I think I'm always drawn to books like that as well. I'm with you. I am with you. Well, Megan, it has been such a joy having you on today. Can you tell us where people can work with you, how they can find you, how they can follow along with you? Because I think, you know, people are definitely going to want to be keeping up with you. And we have a lot of people who need some design help. So hook us up with some ways to work with you. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. It's just at building07. And then my website is building07.com. Ooh, I am so glad to have you again. You'll have to come back on yeah, again. It's been such a joy. And, you know, I love chatting and we'll, we'll continue on, but we'll have to have you back. And I'm so glad to have you today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Kelsey. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and... And then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. Give the gift of well-being with Spa Finder, the world's best-selling spa gift card, and the perfect gift this holiday season. From family members and friends to those last-minute coworker or client gifts, Spa Finder gift cards are a convenient and thoughtful option you can't go wrong with. The Spa Finder network includes thousands of spas, salons, and fitness studios all over the U.S., with services like massages, blowouts, mani-pedis, even yoga. Or check out the Spa Finder Wellness Shop to buy skincare, beauty, and wellness apparel from the comfort of home. With Spa Finder, the possibilities are endless. Gift some me time to someone you love and pick one up for yourself along the way. Go to spafinder.com slash podcast15 to save 15% off gift cards of $100 or more. Or enter the promo code PODCAST15 at checkout.